Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Um, This one is all about the question of why my little one, or your little one, um, wakes within an hour of going to bed. Now, the reason we're talking about this today is because the other day I was having a little look at the blogs, the most read blogs on our website, and this blog that we, that Claire wrote about, why well, I didn't write it, don't worry, um, <laughs> about, about why does my little one wake within an hour of going to bed, was the most read blog I think for the last three months. So Mm. it's obviously something, and in fact, a mum talked to me about it the other day. Obviously, I referred to the blog, Claire, don't worry. I didn't do too much advice myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And I think probably, I'm just going to put there, the title is within an hour of going to bed, but some people will find it's kind of 30 minutes. Some people might find it's 45 minutes. Some people might find it's an hour. It's kind of that you think you've settled your child to bed um, and that that's it for the night. And then within that kind of hour period of going to bed, at some point, your little one typically wakes. And the question is, why does that happen? And hopefully over the blog, we will be able to answer that. But it's just to say, if it's your child wakes after 30 minutes, the same kind of reasons and the same mm-hmm. strategies and everything else all kind of coincide. So if a child wakes up in the middle of the night, this is quite different, isn't it? So that would be what we would typically term a split night. So if they wake in the middle of the night and are awake for a longer period of time overnight, that's a split night and that's a completely separate thing. If you have night wakings, so they wake. And typically you may find that if you, when we talk about night wakings, you might find your little one goes to bed, sleeps quite soundly for the first sort of three to four hours probably, and then you have regular night wakings um, from that point on. Now their split nights, night wakings are a different thing to if your child wakes within an hour of going to bed and needs, you know, resettling and um, that side of things. Because often people who have a child who wakes within that kind of first hour period once the child is then resettled you can often find that then they'll sleep through the night or they're okay um on that side of things Mm -hmm. so that's why they all are slightly different and you would have slightly different approaches for each of those because i suppose sometimes in the middle of the night it's it can be like waking up because they're being disturbed in their lighter sleep bit. Yeah, that's it. Um, they've come out of their deeper sleep and they're in their lighter sleep for the lat- latter part of their night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be for different reasons. So it can be for a feed. It can be for resettling. It can mm-hmm. be for all of those different reasons. So um, what we would be looking at there is a very different kind of set of reasons why it might be happening and a set of strategies to work on 
helping them mm-hmm. to reset. The only thing I want to say is just thinking about age group. Obviously, you know, we're not talking about newborns here because they are going to have a different kind of wake patterns and everything else. This is once we start getting to the older kind of post six month mark because that is typically where we look at sleep in a very different way um because their sleep has matured and all of those sorts of things um but under kind of six months the sleep patterns are different but maybe that is another podcast that we need to do is that kind of naught to six month and understanding baby sleep there but -hmm. this would be um once you've probably gone past that four month period where they mature in their sleep and then you're probably in a bit more of a routine with naps and sleep and nighttime sleeps and bedtime routines and things like that. And that's when you typically start to see these waking within an hour. Mm-hmm. How odd that you put a child to sleep and then in an hour they wake up. I mean, why? Why would they do that? It's just, just to be cruel. <laughs> You're sitting down, I've poured a glass of wine, I'm all ready to watch my programme, and they wake up. (laughs) But if you think that if you have had a really busy day, or you're doing something and you, not that you do this, but a lot of people may just like fall asleep on the sofa, or they may, you know, a little power nap. No. And then, no, I know you don't, but you're not normal don't do in that napping no. i know but that's because you've got horrendous fomo <laughs> a bit like some children will have that as well so they're like hold on <laughs> they don't want to fall asleep yeah. yeah um but they might power nap and they may fall asleep because they're tired ready to go. but then within 20 minutes half an hour an hour they wake up and their body's kind of going is that a nap or is this bedtime and actually the body's just a little bit all out, out of sorts for different reasons um and so then it's about trying to find what that reason is that is then causing your child to do that wake mm-hmm. so okay. the first one is probably kind of being super tired um and so it can be that you know timings for naps might have been a bit out or that then you know if this is a one-off it's you know it's a one-off if you're finding this happens every single night then it's starting to kind of basically have a checklist and start looking at what do you eliminate as not being an issue and what do you consider could be an issue so we do need to look at naps um during the day um they can either be a little bit too short Um, they can be at the wrong times of the day so actually by the time you get to bedtime they've probably gone slightly past their sweet spot of where their sleep pressure is at the right point where they're actually you know they're going to get into bed and not crash to sleep but you know some babies do and are absolutely fine to do that Um, but it's for some children that means that they kind of go off to sleep and then they will wake up with a start um, because they've kind of gone off, they're, they're just a little bit too overtired and the naps haven't been quite um, spaced out in the right way or haven't been quite long enough. Um, and so it can sometimes mean that they struggle to get into a deeper sleep at bedtime. Um, to be fair, that happens when we're really tired, doesn't it? Yep. 
quite often you'll go to sleep if you're absolutely exhausted. Yeah. And then you're like, you wake up and you're like, what's happening? It's like only, it's like one o'clock, like say you've gone to sleep at 11. Yeah. You wake up, it's like one o'clock in the morning and you're like, that's ridiculous. I'm so tired. And then you... And it feels like you've had a whole night's sleep. It's quite disorientating um, because your brain's kind of... Mm a little bit confused and body's a bit confused. So looking at naps and then, you know, again, we when we're doing our kind of sleep work with families, we'll always look at what time did the child wake up in the morning and then start working the day through with regards to nap timings. And then we would be looking at bedtimes. Um, and so it might be that bedtime just isn't quite at the right time. Um, and so it can, and again, it's very hard to kind of say do this or that and it will work it's just looking at what's bedtime for your child at the moment and it might be that when did they wake up from their last nap is it too long a period actually do you need to bring bedtime earlier um Mm. which probably sounds madness because you're like they wake up so surely you put them to bed later Mm. um (laughs) but Mm. sometimes it's bringing it forward even just 15 minutes um, can make a difference and you can sometimes find that they then don't do that kind of wake because they've gone to bed at more of a sweet spot than they do if you kind of stick to so a lot of people may aim for seven o'clock it might be that six forty-five is a better time to aim for for your child um, and again this is age dependent and again dependent on wake time in the morning and nap times during the day so what <sighs> One of the other things might be that they're being woken up by stuff, I'm assuming. other. So, for example, it could could it be that you don't realise, but an hour after they've gone to bed, somebody comes through the door mm-hmm. and they hear that noise and they're like, oh, you know, perhaps yeah. an old, older sibling's been to a group or something and they come mm-hmm. home and you don't necessarily associate it with that. You just think, oh why have they woken up so yeah. like you said the checklist is really useful isn't it it is and having a think is there you know is that typically a time where you have had dinner yourselves and you're doing the washing up and actually t- you know turning on the taps and everything else and it's really you've got really really noisy pipes in the house it can be something simple that you go oh that's that's it um and that can be easily resolved by having something like white noise in the child's room um or just re-looking at what might be causing that wake it's it's more unusual for a noise to be waking them um if it's a continual but it's something to kind of consider and look at mm-hmm. in the same way that we do when we look at early wakings but do, with white noise do you therefore need to keep it on all night um yes because obviously it's a sleep association if you don't have already have white noise what you can do is put it outside the bedroom door um and you can have it on whilst you're being busy and doing stuff and then you can switch it off so it's not necessarily a sleep association that your child goes to sleep with but you just pop it on to mask any of the noises that you're making but i wouldn't have it in the child's room at that point i'd have it outside the room so it still masks Mm -hmm. the sound slightly um but i'd put it on if i'm makes it more of a hum than a yeah than an interrupting noise yeah 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 okay um and i suppose it's also looking of course at like bedtime routine 
mm-hmm. and those sleep associations. So we just talked about white noise. If you have white noise, then that's going to be part of your bedtime routine. Um, but your, you know, how predictable is your bedtime routine? So does it follow a pattern each and every night? Is it the timing's right? Um, so we're looking at kind of nice calm activities prior to going for a bath or shower depending on the age of the child um are they having a bath and shower is there then kind of massage or creams on pajamas on reading a story and a, a rule around how many stories and things like that the more predictable bedtime routine can be the more it helps to trigger that bedtime sleepy hormone and association that it is bedtime um it's something that just is kind of really really important for establishing a a healthy routine with going to sleep and your child knowing that it is coming up to bedtime um it means they release their bedtime hormone because the body's starting to go oh okay this is what happens every time we go to sleep so it releases the hormones and you're kind of going into that bedtime prepared it isn't just a case of okay we go up put pajamas on into you bed or cot um because actually there's no wind down and again that wind down is kind of a key part to it so we typically you know if you're having a bath or shower part of your routine from that point to going to bed around 30 minutes so that includes kind of putting on pajamas reading stories um having milk if that's part of the routine brushing teeth last wee of the night if they are out of nappies um and then it's doing your bedtime kind of song phrase whatever it might be and then into bed Mm -hmm. um so it's as i said earlier it might be tweaking of the bedtime time um and so again for slightly older children it might be that bedtime needs to be moved slightly and that might be going the other way so it might be that you putting them to bed at seven o'clock they're not quite tired enough this is for older children so kind of four or five onwards um they may need a 7.15 or, uh, you know, bedtime instead because actually that helps their wind down. Um, and it's it means they go to bed and then they don't have this wake up within an hour. So it might be adjusting bedtime each way, depending on the age of your child and naps and all of those things. There's lots of factors that mm-hmm. lead to that. So could it be something to do with... Um meal times as well yeah so particularly if your child goes to nursery you can often find that nursery do um their kind of tea very early so it can be around 3 30 4 o'clock in the afternoon now if your child is coming home and is really tired you do need to make sure that they probably have some sort of snack before going to bed because they are probably going to be a bit hungry um so it's thinking about that so that they are they're going to bed with they don't have to go to bed with a really super full tummy but to go from four o'clock in the afternoon right the way through to maybe seven o'clock the next morning before breakfast it's quite a long time to go with no food so i would always add in some equally could you be eating a little bit too late 
if you know if they're yeah. not at nursery and they they you know they're waking up with a bit of an indigestion or something um Would yeah children get indigestion mm. don't even know that probably not, really. not yeah. so much but they may have a full tummy or they might not be very comfortable um yeah so yeah timing might be a little bit mm-hmm. of meal times and allowing digestion and all of those sorts of things is a good yeah good thing to do so if we just kind of go back to the start of this in terms of like if, let's say you've you've got a child that is waking up within an hour you know maybe half mm-hmm. an hour whatever so would you suggest then having what would you suggest how do you start do you just have a list of things so you yep. think right you you go to our blog let's say or come and listen to this and take some notes mm-hmm. and you've got um here's a list of things that you need to look for mm-hmm. so my first one would be looking looking at sleep environment uh-huh so is the sleep environment kind of conducive to settling to sleep so is it a nice dark environment is it restful do you have a bedtime routine that is predictable and is timed around the right time for your child and their age and stage and all of those sorts of things that's where I would first start they're the easiest things to look at they're the easiest things to make tweaks to um if that is all looking great you've got the routine you've got a nice sleep environment it's all working you know that all feels right I'd then go down to okay am I getting the morning wake up time and all the naps during the day in the right place and if your child doesn't nap anymore it's then going okay this is their wake time and this is their bedtime are all these timings working right for my child do I need to make a tweak on the naps if they're not quite right timing wise um or if they're not having naps am I having to adjust bedtime because actually it's a little bit too late or I'm putting them to bed a little bit too early um and so it's looking at that as the next stage um and then I would then you're naturally eliminating things like overtiredness and stuff like that and of course you will have without kind of even thinking about it you'll have eliminated the hunger aspect the pain aspect because they're just your natural first responses you know Mm -hmm. are they hungry are they in pain and then you start to go down the sleep environment nap routine and timings and then is bedtime timed at the right time but if you do make changes presumably you can't expect necessarily to see a immediate result no so how long do you need to at least a week of and i wouldn't make all the changes all at once because then you don't know what it was that was the impact so don't go gung-ho and be like right we'll do all of these things all at once because one that's a lot for you all to take on board and try and implement consistently and then it's also kind of going well what was it because actually some of the stuff you may not have even had to have changed or adapted so take it down your down the steps one by one allow a few days maybe a week of seeing because if you don't have a bedtime routine as such or you don't have the sleep environment quite right because it's not it doesn't dark or you don't have the you know 
consistent sleep associations, then you're going to need to do that for a week before you consider anything else, at least. And presumably things like um, perhaps moving house or changing school or anything like that could also impact, you know, on sleep in general, couldn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it might be something as simple as you've gone on holiday and you're getting back from holiday and maybe you've slept in the same room with your child whilst on holiday and now suddenly you're putting them back in their own room and they're actually kind of missing having the sounds of you around it might be too quiet Mm -hmm. um and so it's all those little things that can change but as i probably say on pretty much every podcast it's about consistency and the more consistent you can be with whatever kind of approach you take the more kind Mm -hmm. of safe and secure the child feels and then ultimately it leads to them being settled to sleep or settled for eating or whatever it might be yeah well that's good so I think yeah just go through those as a checklist change them one by one and then just keep consistent and absolutely you will have a snoozing little one and you can go down and have the evening to yourself yeah that's (laughs) that's the plan yeah um but I think yeah just work through it step by step um things don't you know there aren't really quick fixes these are little humans and when it comes to sleep we have to kind of put all these things in place to help them learn how to sleep it's something you know we we all know that we can get into bad habits with our sleep um Mm -hmm. we all have them at different points whether that you know it might be that we get into the habit of waking very early in the morning um and you just don't know why, then you might go back to sleep and that's not necessarily very helpful because then you wake up feeling even more tired or you might have <clears throat> might be falling asleep on the sofa, then going to get into bed, get into bed and then you're wide awake and then you're on your phone and that's another kind of, the more we do it, the more it becomes a habit and the more it becomes a routine. Mm-hmm. So we want to kind of stop that happening where we can by looking at what is causing this this waking Mm -hmm. well thank you very much claire that's okay my pleasure uh, hopefully it helps see you next time bye that's everything for today thanks for listening if there's something you'd like us to talk about we'd love you to get in touch and let us know find us on facebook and instagram at bespoke family or head to our website the links are in our show notes Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Team and everything in between. See you then.